Amen. We welcome back and thank you for coming once again. That the hustling and bottling of the day is always very tiring. Um, but thank God for you for being able to make it. Amen. Amen. So we're going to um, you know, go quickly and just do a recap on what we've been talking about um, for two Sundays. And uh, we said God has given us a task. And the task is telling everyone what he is doing. And that has been the topic of our discussion. And we have talked about the fact that if God has given us a task of telling everyone what he's doing, it is incumbent on us to know what he is doing. So we know what to tell people. He wants us to tell everyone what he is doing. And the first thing we wanted to understand was, okay, what exactly is God doing? That he wants us to tell others. And he said everyone. No one is excluded. Meaning, anyone you can call anyone. Everyone you meet, everyone you see, is included in that universal set of those that God has sent you to. And I, amen? And so we try to understand what God is doing, and we read a couple, um, couple of scriptures to highlight what he is doing. Famous first, um, John 3.16, we all know that. So for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him shall have everlasting life, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We know God is in the business of life, in the business of transforming life, it's in the business of creating the resurrected life of God, and it's making it available to every humankind, every human being. And so he's telling us that this is what I'm doing, and I want you to know what I'm doing so that you can tell everyone, so everyone will have the opportunity to participate, participate in that resurrected life. Amen? So we said God, motivated by love, is restoring relationships with men and women, so that everyone can participate in the resurrected life of Christ. Amen? That's what God is doing. And so it's giving everyone the opportunity to have that life that, that is better than the life we could live by our own, on our own. Amen? And that's the whole point. So having that fundamental understanding is going to help us to achieve the task. If we miss what he is doing, like we have said or seen in some, some scriptural verses, then we will not be able to accomplish the task, or we may get a neg negative result. Amen? And that's, that was the whole point why we're trying to kind of um, study and learn about what he is doing. Amen? Amen? So we know that once we know what he is doing, and we agree with him on what he is doing, it is at that point that he begins, you know, to help us, to train us, to acculturate us, right, into his nature. And we'll use an example of a template. We, we see this all around us, and if we pay attention to everything around us, it will all make sense. Manufacturing company, if they want to build anything, they create a prototype, they create a template, and once that template is perfected, guess what? there is a rapid duplication. They begin to manufacture rapidly, and the product is, is rapid. 
And, you know, we look at that. And we, we, we tend to look at all these things, but we, it seems as if we're not relating it to what God is doing. Every one of these things, I guarantee you, those who are not, who are not the, the children of the kingdom are wiser than the children of the kingdom. They are tapping into everything that God has created that Christian, you know, um, Christians have neglected. Let me tell you, I was in the training just recently. It is a business training. They call it modern agile. <laughs> there used to be agile. Now there's a modern agile technique. Okay? And uh, guess what the core principles of modern agile is? The number one core principle of modern agile. And these are business techniques the organization are beginning to embrace now in order to make more money, in order to be more productive. So now they call these, you know, modern agile. And there are four core principles of modern agile. The number one among them will blow your mind. Guess what it was? Make people awesome. Make people awesome. I said, are you kidding me? What has, that, what has that got to do with business? That is the number one core principle in modern agile technique. Make people awesome. Make your employee awesome. Make your shareholders awesome. Make your board of directors awesome. Your core business, everything you do, you have it at the back of your mind that you need to make people awesome. Make your customer awesome. And when you have that kind of principle, now modern agile technique is saying you are on the path to increase productivity, to make a lot of money. Why are they concentrating on people? Where did they get that from? Why is it all about people now that you have to concentrate on people around your business? And the people are your employee, your customer, your, your board of directors, everyone called human being, people. And the tag is, make them awesome. So everything, when you are doing your strategy, you're creating your plan, make sure that every of those plans has embedded in it an opportunity to make people awesome. I sat in there and, I, and, and you know, several scriptures were just spinning in my head. I said, ah, wow. So they are tapping into God's principle. I guarantee you it will work. God is not a respecter of any human being. You tap into his principle, it will work. Amen? I won't bug you with the rest, but they are all similar. But the centerpiece is make people awesome. Allow people to fail. That's, that's the other one. He said, learn rapidly. Uh, experiment and learn rapidly. Don't create an environment where your employees are afraid to fail. Let them fail, but let them learn rapidly. Because the more failure you have, the more rapid experimentation you have, the more perfect the product will be. These are all God's principles. Business are beginning to tap into God's principles. Amen? The other one is security. Be secure. Ensure that you pay attention to security. Amen? And the last one is create value continuously. Create value continuously. 
Amen. This is awesome. So when I begin to think about that, as I was, you know, studying about this, um, this uh, topic, I went back to Genesis. And I want to share with us quickly from Genesis so that we look from the book of... Because like I told us, the plan has not changed. The plan of God is the same since the beginning. God, in his infinite plan... God, the Son, God, the Father, God, the Holy Spirit, they were one. They are unique. Okay? And so when it was time to redeem back what was lost in Genesis, the God's intention was to send Jesus as a perfect template so that Jesus can replicate himself. And we saw Jesus did that. He called the twelve unto himself. He began to replicate himself into them. The idea was... Once those perfect templates are now multiplied, guess what? Twelve will now begin to replicate again. There's going to be a geometric replication, and it's going to increase productivity. That, is, that was the plan from the original uh, uh, Genesis, and that was what Jesus did. And so through the twelve, guess what? The apostles or the disciples multiplied. Did they not multiply? They multiplied. And in Antioch, the Bible said they were called Christ-like. Which means there was a replication. They saw these people and they oh wow, they are Christ-like. Now you have duplicates of Christ. It was the same plan from the beginning. Let's look at that in Genesis quickly. Um, because I want to just... Let's go to Genesis chapter 1 from verse 28, uh, 26. God is awesome. You see, you want to succeed in anything you do on earth? It is all ingrained in this task that God has given us. Anything we want to do on earth is embedded, is encapsulated. But unfortunately, we are not seeing it yet, but God is going to give us an epiphany to see that. I mean, Genesis chapter 1, I read from verse 26. God spoke, let us make human beings in our image. Look at the next verse. I'm reading in message version. Make them reflecting our nature. So the original plan of God was to make man, to duplicate himself in man. Make man reflect our nature. That was the original plan. That was what God created. Right? But look further. So they can be what? Responsible for the fish in the sea, the board in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself. John, 1 John chapter 2, I believe, verse 5, I think. 1 John chapter 2, 5 to 7, I think that's it. He said there are three that bear record, bears record in heaven. God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You get the, 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 the point. So they bear record in heaven. When God wanted someone to bear record on earth, someone to be responsible for the earth, it's just like a CEO trying to replicate his business in another state or another country. 
If McDonald wants to go to Afghanistan, what do you think they do? It's a franchise. They ensure that McDonald in U.S. is the same as McDonald in Afghanistan. How did they do that? They call it recipe, right? And they ensure that the same recipe is being used. When God was looking for a representation on earth, he said, let us make man in our likeness so that they will reflect our nature. Nature. Reflect our nature, meaning the nature of God is what I carry. From before the foundation of the earth, that's what God created. Before the fall. It's right there. It's not a makeup story. It says so that they will reflect and they will now be responsible for the earth. Man was given the responsibility on the earth. That's the reason Jesus had to come in man as a man. Because of this. Amen? But let's look further. Then, you know, I'm just going to jump because of time. Let's look from, um, let's just go down. He said, uh, reflecting God's nature, he created them, male and female. God blessed them, begin to see. He said, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge. Another version said, replicate. Replicate, reproduce. Okay? If man was created in God's nature, and God is telling man to reproduce, what kind of nature is he expecting to be reproduced? The same nature. It is the principle from the beginning. God is not looking for anything different from himself. He created the same nature. And he told the man, now that you have been created, you are going to reproduce the nature you have, which is God's nature. So that's what I said. What God did when the first plan fell or was interrupted by sin, and now he instituted another plan for salvation, the same principle has not changed. Jesus was to come in as that same template from the beginning in Adam, and he was to replicate so that everyone that is in Christ Jesus, everyone that is born in Christ Jesus, now has that perfect nature again. The same nature from the beginning. Because God is not looking to make something different. Just like McDonough, because of his name, would not like to make a different McDonough in Afghanistan as opposed to the McDonough in U.S. God cares about his nature. And so he wants to ensure that what is in heaven is what is on earth. He wants the same replicated nature. So when we got born again, that's what happened. God's nature was replicated in us. Through Christ Jesus. Amen. It's the same thing. That's why in John 14, when Jesus was talking about, he said, whosoever trusts in me, the same work that I'm doing, he too will do it. Why? Because we have the same nature. 
It is the same work. What is that work? The work of creating life, replicating life on earth. That was the original plan of God. God wants to fill the entire earth so that there will be God everywhere. In every home, in every house, it will be the nature of God. God wants to fill everywhere. That was the plan. That's what he decided in Genesis 26. He said, that's what I wanted to do. So now that we are born again, it is the same principle. The problem is we find it difficult to believe it. We find it difficult to believe it. And until we believe it, it is difficult to move past that. If a young lion doesn't believe he is a lion, no matter how many times the mother tries to teach that young lion to run after prey, he's not going to do it. It's going to be difficult. But once a lion knows that I am a lion, I guarantee you, you see when the mother lion is trying to train the young lion, you see how they do it? Oh, yeah. yeah? It, will, it will kick it, it will bite it, it will do it. And you see the young lion too was doing? Yeah. Why? It is in the nature. Yeah. And before you know it, the young lion will see a prey. It's not going to need the, the mother lion. No, it goes straight to attack the prey. Because he's in the nature. He's a lion. That's what God is trying to do. So when I'm in God, and I have the nature of God, it is going to be natural to replicate that nature. It is in my nature. It is who I am. I simply replicate it. Why? Because when I was in the Messiah College of Reconciliation, he was training me how to bite, how to catch a prey, how to make a fish, how to turn a fish into, turn a, fisher, a fisherman to, to a fishing, fishing man, as opposed to fishing fish. All of those will be done just like that mother lion was training the, what do they call the young lion? The court. Are you smarter than a five grader? (laughs) Yeah. The same way, when God gets us saved, he enrolls us into the school of reconciliation because he's in the business of restoring relationship. And at that point, he's teaching you how to replicate life. How to ensure you are not producing death, but you are producing life. That's where he does that. That's why we talked about the Reconciliation College. Time will not permit us. At some point in time, God will give us the opportunity to look and go and enroll in that school. And begin to learn. Just like the mother lion, we train and teach the cow. And by nature, the lion when it's growing up, doesn't have to be prepped to go catch a prey. No. It's his nature. doesn't have to do anything. It's just by nature. It does it. 
So when God said, I have given you a task to tell everyone what I'm doing, meaning to replicate life, yeah. the resurrected life of God, it is incumbent on us to understand what that means. And we read several scriptures where God, we see God in the school of reconciliation. We use the Apostle John and Apostle James when it was, they were in training. He sent them out. That was training. That was how God was beginning to bring out the nature that is in them. It's not recreate, It's not that he's just creating it. No, 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 no. It's already in them. He needed to train them to manifest it. Just that the lion is already born a lion. All the mother was trying to do is to remind that court, you are a lion. You don't run from a prey, you run to the prey. The same principle. That's what God wanted to do. And so he was training the 12 disciples. He sent them out. They went out preaching. They went out trying to replicate life. They came with all kinds of results of casting out demons. Demon casting is not the goal. That's an addendum. That wasn't what he sent them. It was part of it, but an addendum. So when they were boasting, oh, demons were subject to you, to us in your name, say, he pulled them back in. He said, listen. Ah, we need to read that. We need to read that. He immediately put them in and said, that's not the cause for rejoicing. Let's look at that in the book of Luke. Uh, I'm going to jump quickly. And he said in the, I think that will be in 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 17 to 20. That was the 70. When the 12 went out, they came with the same result. All they're talking about is demon. Demon being subject to them. That's not the goal. That's good. It wasn't that that was bad. No, 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 no. But that wasn't the goal. That was an addendum. Took them back to Bible study again. And begin to teach them. The Bible said he put them aside and he began to tell them about the kingdom. Look, we're in kingdom business. That's the right. business of replicating the life of God. There we go. There we go. And here, the same thing, the 70. After the 12, now he sent another 70, the disciples. And look at the report they were bringing him in verse 17, Luke chapter 10. And the 70 return again. Just like the 12. That's why the again is there. With joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I behead Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's not news. Why are you telling me about that? That's what he's saying. It's just like a young lion going out and catch a prey. And he's saying, I caught a prey. That's who you are. Tell me something new. Jesus said in verse 20, notwithstanding, 
in this rejoice. Not. In this, in casting out of demon, rejoice not. Why do church pay so much attention to casting out demons? It's just to pop up our egos. And we do all kind of masquerading, all kind of parades. When Jesus said, in this, rejoice not. What should you rejoice in? Rejoice not that the spirit are subject unto you. They have no choice if you have my nature. You have no choice. He said, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. The cause for celebration is either you have my nature. You are the son of the king. You are the son of your father. You have the nature of God. That should be the cause of celebration. How many times do we celebrate that? How many times do we wake up and say, this is enough for celebration? Now, because we think demons are pursuing us. You see, that's the problem. Until we come to grip with it. That's why Jesus, when he saves us, he pull us into this school of reconciliation. Because until you cross that, you can't even think of fulfilling the task. Because other things are going to occupy your mind. How can you have the nature of God and you are talking about demons? Demons. The Messiah College of Reconciliation. When you enter and you embrace it, all of a sudden, everything will change. Your mindset. You begin to know that once you are a lion, you are not taught how to catch a prey. Hallelujah. That was the 70. And the 12 still exist today in the church of Christ. So the goal of this class is to help us where we can sit down and think. Think about it. I am a child of God. I have the nature of God. And one pastor wants to lay hand on me to cast out demons. You mean demon is in God? You want to cast out demon out of God? How many times do we sit down asking someone to cast demon out of us? Until we cross that, there is no way of doing the task, uh-huh. of fulfilling the task, because here you are occupied with something else. Yeah. How can a young lion catch the prey? 
when he doesn't know he's a liar. He's going to be waiting for someone to bring food, to bring the prey. God has given us a task of telling everyone what he is doing. From the beginning, he made us in his nature. It's in us. When we understand that and we agree with that, we allow the Holy Spirit to train us, to teach us how to activate what is in us. It is already in us. And that's what Jesus did with the apostles. That's what he did with the 70s. Remember why Apostle John was in training. The first time he saw someone preaching and casting out demons, he thought it was his legal right. That's his jurisdiction. That person doesn't belong in our group. He stopped him. He stopped a man casting out demons in Jesus' name because he does not look like him. He does not belong. That's what he said. He said he does not belong in our group. A life that is supposed, a man that is supposed to replicate life is now stopping it. It's happening in our churches. It's happening in our churches. It's happening because he is not in our group. He's not in our carcass. So, why, what gives him or her the right to be casting out demons in the name of Jesus, something that is my sole responsibility? Your responsibility is not casting out demons. He stopped him. And he thought he did a beautiful thing. He told Jesus about it. <laughs> Just like you listen to our testimony, when it is testimony time, you will be shaken if you understand. When you hear what Christians are saying on testimony time, Apostle John said, Jesus, guess what? We saw someone casting out demons in your name. We stop him. <laughs> because it's not in our group. What do you think? And Jesus said, Are you freaking out of your mind? That's my own word. <laughs> That's exactly what I would have said. Thank God for grace. Jesus simply said, don't stop him. He's an ally. He's an ally. He is casting out demons in my name. He has my nature. Otherwise, he won't do it. Talk of rivalry among children of God. But thank God for the Messiah College of Reconciliation. Apostle John got the lesson. 
Would you? Will you? When the Holy Spirit checks you, when he pricks you, you shouldn't have done that. Will you? How do you know? Read the entire Luke chapter 9. The next time, Apostle John is a very, very, is one of the sheer leaders among the team. Jesus was going to Jerusalem and he sent forth to the villagers. And the Bible said the villagers will not receive him. Apostle John and James, again, <laughs> said, Lord, what an insubordination. Do you wish that we call fire from heaven to consume them? As bad as you may think that was, at least he asked. <laughs> Supposing he did not ask. If he has not learned from this first mistake, he will have called fire to incinerate the same people he was supposed to transfer life to. That's why I say, just come to our prayer meeting. And you see Apostle John and Apostle James still calling down fire from heaven to consume the people supposedly to be the enemy for which Jesus said replicate. Jesus is only waiting for a ship that will carry one of his duplicates to that individual. But eventually you are that individual and you have a relationship with that individual. That relationship is broken. Now you want fire from heaven. And your job is to build relationship so that you can transfer life. That is the problem. And that's why the church is still where the church is at today. Until we come back to sit at the seat of Jesus, at the feet of Jesus, and allow the Holy Spirit to help us and train us we may be stopping the work of the kingdom. As you will see in the book of Matthew that we read again, Matthew, in chapter number 23. The Pharisees, the Sadducees. You see the whole story again. It is part of the training that Jesus wants us to learn. Amen? And I think we have time just to run through that quickly before I, I wrap up. The strategy session, and I will just touch briefly on what is in need for us. I don't think there is nothing to say about what is in need for you. Your destiny is at stake. That's the point. Everything about us is tied to what God created us for. Everything. Everything is in need. Business is not doing well. Guess what? That business is a sheep that God designed from the beginning to carry you. If you are having his life, that business is a business relationship. It's a ship. It's just a, a conveyor to bring you in contact with people that you can transfer that life to. Family relationship. Fellowship. A church. A fellowship. It's a ship. It's a conveyor 
It's a medium through which God wanted to bring you in contact with someone so that his nature that is in you can rub on that person and there can be that duplication. That's the plan of God from the beginning. It's not going to change. It has not changed. When Christians, when we recognize that, I guarantee you, you begin to understand as soon as God puts you in any ship, immediately you know why. You know why. You know why you're in that ship. It could be a relationship, it could be a family, it could be business. Any ship you are in, anything that is bringing you in contact with someone else, is just a shadow in the hand of God. God designed it from the beginning so that it will carry you to meet people and do the replication. Amen? Amen? Amen. But let's look quickly again, one more point on the school of reconciliation, because we do this um, at some point in detail and see how God wants to um, train us so that we know what to do. We've read it. Matthew 23 is very, I think we know it. Um, if you start from uh, verse number one, it says, Now Jesus turned to address his disciple, Matthew 23, along with the crowd that he had gathered with them. The religion scholars and Pharisees are competent teachers in God's law. You won't go wrong in following their teaching on Moses, but be careful about following them. Because they are not going to replicate what God is looking for. This is here for our example. This is part of the training that Jesus wants to teach. Why? Why is Jesus saying this? Point number one. They talk a good line, but they don't leave it. You are in the business of life. If you go back to the book of Luke chapter 9, when Jesus asked somebody to follow, he said, follow me. He said, oh, yeah, you know, I need to go bury my, uh, my father or my mother, and then I will follow. He said, your business is life, not death. Why are you concerned about death? Your business is life. Luke chapter 9, verse 60. You can check that out. Look at what he's saying here. They don't leave it. It is not about the lingo. It is not about talking. Jesus is not, I mean, God is not going to replicate talk. He replicates life. It's about life. And these people, they talk, but they don't have the life. So they have nothing to replicate. It's going to produce a negative result. So he said, they don't leave it. They don't take it into their heart and leave it out in their behavior. It is a spit and polished veneer. Instead of giving you God's law as food and drink, it should, they make it complex, like I said. It should be like food and drink because it should be your nature. I shouldn't have to you know, beat you by you know, your head. No, it's, in, it's your nature. Do you know how many, how many Bible studies? Many? But the message Jesus wants to pass here is this. Rather than make it like food or drink by which you can banquet on God, they package it in bundles of rules 
loading you down like a pack animals. They seem to take pleasure in watching you stagger under this load and wouldn't lean, think of lifting a finger to help. Their lives are perpetual fashion shows. Embroider prayer shows. One day and flourish prayers the next. They love to sit at the head of the table at church dinners, basking in the most prominent position, printing in the radiance of public flattery, receiving honorary, degree, honorary degrees, and getting called doctor and reverend. Don't let people do that to you. Put you on a pedestal like that. You all have a single teacher and you are all classmates. Classmates. Let me jump to the end, verse 15. You can read the rest when you, when you have time. But these are some trainings that until we graduate from this, look at the result they produce. Verse 15. Um, no, verse 10. Yeah, verse 15. You are hopeless, you religious, religious scholars and Pharisees. Frauds. You go halfway around the world to make a convert. But once you get him, you make him into a replica of yourself. Double damned. It's replication. But unfortunately, because of all the aforementioned things, the replication happened, but in reverse. They got one person converted and make him double damned. God wants replication. But only when we learn how he does it. That's why he said in John that we read, uh, in John 14, he said the same work. Is Jesus doing this same work we just read? No. That's not how he does it. He became a servant. And so that's what God is looking for. And all of these are what we are trying to learn. As soon as we understand that we have the same nature, we enroll in the Messiah College of Reconciliation where he trained us not to, just like he was training Apostle John and James, and all this training he's teaching us, once we begin to learn those, guess what? It is the process of helping us to manifest the life that is in us. Things that will not allow us to manifest that life is what the Messiah College of Reconciliation is training us. And that's what Jesus did with his apostles and his disciples. So what, what, have, what, what, what have we done in the church so far? Rather than replication of life being our nature, it has become a program. It is an event. I don't know some of you know some of us that got born again, you know, few few years back in those days. You know, when you get born again, you you prepare for evangelism. We're going on evangelism. It's a special preparation. You see, you pray, you fast, and you are you are you are all that to go on evangelism. And when you come back from evangelism, what happened? You go back to the default. See, evangelism is an event. It's a program. 
or when we go on mission feed, we prepare. It is not evangelism, it is not that evangelism is wrong or the mission field is wrong, but it creates an unintended consequences, wherein we are acting, right? We are acting as if we are a lion. We don't know we're a lion. It is like a program, a project, you know, an event. So I have to go replicate life now. And then when I come back, I can begin to replicate death. No. That's not the strategy Jesus gave. That's not the plan from the beginning. The strategy is, it is by nature. It is my nature. Once I allow God to go through me, and I go through God, and I am in God, and he is in me, and as I continue, the Holy Spirit manifests. It takes care of the rest. Paul said, I am the least qualified. But God, see to it that I was equipped. It is not about what you know. It is not about who you are. No. As long as you submit, you understand. You submit to him and you let him tutor you. The Holy Spirit works out the details. And everywhere I am, I am a lion. I know how to catch a prey. I have the nature of God. And just by, you know, creating relationship, either in a, when I'm in a friendly relationship, guess what? I don't need to begin to hit you with Bible on your head. No. Because I, am, I have the nature of God in me, in our friendship, something is going to happen. The Holy Ghost takes over. And it replicates. And all of a sudden, in that friendship relationship, life is transferred. The life of God is transferred. If I'm in a family um, husband-wife relationship, the same thing. A child-daughter relationship, the same thing. A business relationship, the same thing. That's why God said, I am reconciling the world. And I am giving you the ministry of reconcili- reconciliation. It is a relationship-building task. But you can only do it within the frame of his nature. And so that's why we want to trust God and believe God to help us, to understand what he has created us to be, who he has created us to be, what is in us that the Holy Spirit is trying to bring out. We are in the business of life. We create life. We bring life to dead situation. We don't kill. We don't don't destroy. No. And once we know that, we allow him to live that life through us. It shouldn't be by struggle. It should not be by struggle if it is my nature. Amen? Amen. All right. I think I took too much time. Any question? Any question before we pray? I hope that this is going to be a catalyst to spur us to go and begin to sit down and have a rethink. Think it all over. From beginning in the Genesis, when God said, I'm making you in my own nature. I want you to reflect my nature to take charge on earth. Now Jesus came, did the same thing, pouring on us and trying to ensure that whenever there is a relationship we find ourselves in, the life of God is replicated. We have to go back and sit down and rethink that. That should be our default. That should be our natural tendency. Everything we do, we should just by nature do that, replicate life.
And every training he wants to take us through, we submit to the Holy Spirit. We allow him to take us through those training. Those people that you think they are your, they are your, um, your Achilles heels, they are merely your crucifixion. Such that when you go through that crucifixion, salvation is produced. They are not enemies. If we recognize who we are. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Let's talk to God. And, and the prayer is just for God to help us. 